less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor. Short with Khalil Benaliul Haj. What's up, Cash Flow Contractors? Khalil here with another short to help you find less stress, more time, and more money. It's been a while, guys. Uh, we are recording this for our podcast, but we're on YouTube. We're trying to get better and better at YouTube. So you should be seeing more stuff there. If you're not seeing this on YouTube, I am gonna be showing some visuals today. I'll do my best to describe them for listeners on the podcast. But let's get right into it. We're talking about software um, and how you can choose the right software for your business. I wanna talk about what this typically looks like for most contractors as they're getting started in their um, company and in their software experience. Usually there's a problem they have. Um, it could be something around billing, something around sales, something around project management and they're dealing with this problem, they end up searching online. They end up uh, asking some friends or hearing about software somehow, and it's this shiny object. It has so many benefits and so little downsides because the software companies have done such a good job marketing it that it sounds like a too-good-to-be-true experience using this software, and it's gonna solve all their problems. From there, that shine actually wears off once they buy it and the reality sets in that they have to actually learn how to use the software and they've got to build habits around using the software and they've got to get their team on board with using the software. But then things get busy. You get a lot of projects, you get a lot of work in and you don't really dedicate the time that you should uh, to training your team, to getting uh, used to using the software and you end up just putting it on the shelf. And from there, you actually rinse and repeat that process several times with different areas because you do have lots of problems, not just in the billing or in the sales or the project management, but also in some of your internal communications and with HR and with marketing. And it just kind of goes all over the place where you rinse and repeat this process of trying to buy this shiny object that's gonna solve all of your problems, but then you don't give it the time and dedication that it needs to actually work. So it goes on the shelf and before you know it, you're just sitting here with all these monthly fees and none of these softwares work together. They're not solving any of your problems and you get fed up. And so eventually you say, okay, I'm done with this. I'm going back to pen and paper, take it back to the basics, get rid of all these fees. And you don't really solve any of those problems. You're just going back to a basic solution that keeps you stuck in the business keeps you stuck in outdated systems that nobody on your team really understands because it's so, um, it's not up with the times, we'll say, right? That's the typical software experience for most contractors. They're dealing with all of these issues in their company that they don't have the time, energy, focus to be able to dedicate what's needed to implementing software into their company. So if that's a typical experience, I wanna help as many people as I can get away from that experience and actually have a positive experience using software because it's really beneficial to your company and it works for a lot of people if they do it the right way. But it's so hard to understand what the right way is holistically for your company and not just in one single software area. So let's talk about the benefits really quick. Why should we use software in our company? Why should we be looking to implement software across different aspects, different areas of our company. One is that it's gonna make you more efficient. 
using software is vastly faster than using pen and paper. It's like if you're using email now, you're getting your messages to customers, to uh, vendors, and to your team a lot faster than if you were having to make a lot of phone calls or send snail mail to people. It, it's just more efficient, right? And if you can implement software, you will do things a lot faster inside of your company. For organization purposes, if you can have things in the cloud, it's gonna be so much easier than having to back up your computers and worry about storage internally and all that kind of stuff. Use the cloud, it's, it's so much more efficient and so much more organized where you can access things on your tablets, your phone, your computer at home, in the office, sending, sharing things with people by email. It's just so much better uh, to stay organized. Next thing is delegation. If you get set up on the software, it's set up, the software is already set up with systems that you can train people in and if you have your systems on there, it's a lot easier to delegate to somebody else. Uh, with that, just systemizing your business in general, the more software that you use, typically the more systemized you are as a company, and ultimately that adds value to your business if you do decide to exit one day. Um, so those are several benefits, there's even more than that, but uh, efficiency, organization, delegation, systemizing, and then ultimately the value of your company has more value uh, as you implement software. With that though, there are downfalls, and this is what everybody tends to experience. It's the typical software experience that I've already mentioned, but you end up having all these costs, and typically those costs increase as you scale. You don't actually use this software because you saw it as a shiny object, and you saw it as this tool that was gonna save everything for you, and when you don't actually use it, it actually use it, it doesn't actually help. Um, another downfall is just buy-in from your team. You may have this really big reasoning and purpose behind implementing the software, but for the most part, it's hard to get your team to be on the same page with that. And there is actually ways to, to do that, but a lot of times it's not executed properly, and so there's not a lot of buy-in from your team. With scaling, it may work for you as a younger company, but as you grow to more employees, more customers, bigger projects, it may not be able to scale with you and handle the size of the company as you grow. And that's a downfall of a lot of software. Then integrating it across your company. A lot of softwares in a company, all of a sudden you may have 10, 20 different logins and you may have to jump into 20 different portals to find information for just one project and that's not convenient. And so you really want things to integrate across softwares uh, and utilize native integrations, which we'll talk about in a little bit, as much as possible. So there are really big downfalls to using software if you're not careful. I wanna talk about the reality really quick. If, if you're going to have success with software, if it's going to work for you as a business owner, and if it's going to work for your team, uh, you need to realize that software is not magic. It's a tool just like anything else. And you can't expect to just buy the software and for it to solve all your problems. Just like if I were to give you a hammer, it doesn't mean that you're gonna be able to now build me the most beautiful house with that hammer you're gonna to have to know how to use the hammer accurately. And this happens not just with software, but with other tools as a contractor that you buy. You may think that the you know, laser um, measurement tool that you just stick in the room and it scans the entire room and gets all the dimensions you need is the best tool and you buy it, it's just gonna work. Well, you also have to realize that you have to calibrate it every single time you use it. And you've gotta know how to implement it into the computer and all these different things. 
it's not just magic. You need to know how to use the tool and then use it properly. Um, really, the, I think the, the next downfall that, or the reality that people don't recognize when they're buying software is that you really do need to be following a vision. Go back to the vision for your company. Are we really trying to grow in this area and become efficient in this area that we're trying to implement software? Or is that really a waste of our time, energy, and money? Um, what is our vision for this software? What does it look like when it is fully implemented? How long is that going to take? What is our goal with that? Having a vision really helps you to understand the purpose of the software and have better buy-in yourself. But then you can communicate that vision to your team so that they'll also have buy-in and realize why we're doing this and not just feel like it's another thing that boss is adding to our plate. Um, and with that, you have to lead by example as a leader in your business. If you're not using the software and you're expecting everybody else in your company to use it, it's not going to happen. They have to see that you're bought into it, that you're actually using it, and then they're going to see that this is important and what it actually looks like when they use it, and so they'll be able to follow your example a bit better. All right. The next thing I want to talk about kind of you know, encompasses all these different areas that we've talked about. How are you going to get the most benefit, the least downfalls, and how are you going to use this realistically inside your business? I want to talk about building your tech stack for your small business as a contractor. This is very difficult because a lot of times you may be marketed about a specific industry software. Uh, maybe it's a roofing software, flooring software, uh, electrician software. And those can be really beneficial, but you just have to make sure that they're fitting into your tech stack as a company, not just as a function of your business. So I wanna give an example of this. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll probably see it. I don't know how well you're gonna see it with these cameras, but uh, I'll try to my best to explain it for podcast listeners. We've talked about the four years of business before, right? That's, I think, our first episodes here on the Cashflow Contract, if you wanna go back and listen to those. But the four areas of business that every single business has are guiding the business, getting the business, doing the business, and administering the business. For guiding the business, that's gonna be vision, values, planning, goals. Usually there's not a lot of software around this area. Um, it can be communicating with the team, and so you might find some internal communication tools like maybe Slack or Discord uh, that you can communicate with your team on, but there's really not a lot of software in that area of business. Really, these next three are where you're going to see the most software. So getting the business. We have to get customers so that we can do work for them. So we have sales, marketing, uh, anything that falls underneath there. So with sales, it may be prospecting. It might be proposals. Um, it may be even just some nurturing tools through email uh, or even reminders for uh, little tasks for the sales team. On the marketing side, it's really broad. You can have everything from your website to your social media scheduling tools, to your ad uh, tools, to um, yeah, SEO tools. I mean, it just goes on and on and on for marketing. Then inside of doing the business, this is you know your operations as a company. You're gonna have everything from materials and project management, internal communications tools, um, customer communications tools. There's a lot of different tools that fall under operations. Um, but by far the most software that you are probably going to purchase as a company is going to fall under administering the business just because it's so broad. You've got tools for billing, for taxes, bookkeeping, HR, um, 
insurance, legal. I mean, there's just, there's software after software in this area. And so you can imagine how really quickly as you grow your company in all of these areas, especially getting the business, doing the business, administering the business, you're going to have a really big software bill build up for you, build up for you and your company over time. What's important when you're building your tech stack is that you have several questions that you have to answer. Um, and before asking those questions, just to give you an idea really quick of what our goal is, our goal is that inside of these individual areas, we want to be as integrated as possible. So in getting the business for sales and marketing, we want to have as little different softwares as possible. And if we do have four or five different softwares, we want to make sure that they all integrate together, meaning I can easily pull information from my sales software into my marketing software automatically on the back end so that I can just log into one tool and be able to use it adequately rather than having to log into both the tools, pull information from one, enter it manually into the other. That causes a lot of problems. And you can see where if you have multiple softwares and you're having to do that five different times, not only is it hard for you, but it's just hard for your team in general to communicate. And you end up coming up with these things called information silos, where we have all this information in this sales software, but it's stuck there inside of this silo and it's not able to get out into the marketing where we can actually use it uh, to market better for our company. So inside of getting the business, you wanna have as minimal software as you can inside of that area. Excuse me. Um, so you know, for us, we're, we are a marketing agency for contractors. We like to use HubSpot because it keeps sales and marketing aligned inside of one software. And I'll talk about this later, but it really integrates well across the board because it's such a big company. Inside of doing the business, same thing. You want to have as little software for your operations uh, as possible. You don't want to have 10 different softwares. You want to try to keep it all inside of that one software or a couple different softwares that will integrate with each other. So maybe you're using your a different you know, software for ordering materials and tracking materials, but it, it should integrate with your project management software so that you can see what materials are going on to each project. And whenever you schedule a project, it automatically lets your materials um, manager know through the materials manager software that, hey, we need these materials. The next is the admin. You want to make sure that all of your softwares are communicating well inside of that. This one's a little bit harder because billing is so much different than HR. You don't necessarily need those things to communicate, but outline what your functions are inside of admin and try to keep those softwares to a minimum. A good example of this is QuickBooks. It's going to do your bookkeeping, but it can also do your invoicing. It can also do your payroll taxes and your payroll. It can do several of those different aspects of your business or functions of your business inside of that one software that minimizes your expenses. It also minimizes how many different logins you have, how many different softwares you're trying to find information inside of. And QuickBooks is a really large software that's going to integrate with some of the other administrative softwares that you might have. So our whole goal with building our tech stack is to minimize the amount of softwares that we have, but also keep them inside of the functions or the areas of business that we have as a company so that the people that are on the getting the business side can work inside of one software and the operations people can work inside of just those same softwares that will communicate with each other. 
I hope I explained that well on YouTube. I hope that you guys could see that all right. So let's get into those questions that we need to answer whenever we are building that tech stack and choosing the right software for our business. First one is, does this software make me money? That should be a pretty clear question to answer. And it's not always gonna be the case. Not a lot of times on the operation side is something going to make you money. Now, maybe it might be something where you're able to get, this software gives you pricing that's up-to-date and accurate so that your bids or your proposals are more accurate. Yes, that's gonna make you more money because your bids are gonna be more accurate and have better margins than if you don't have that software. Um, another example of this is a you know prospecting tool that really brings in the right kind of leads for you uh, or a marketing software that's going to reach more people through ads. Yes, that's going to make you money. Uh, but an internal communication tool, probably not gonna make you money. That's gonna help you justify the ROI of this, uh, of buying that software. It's pretty straightforward. The next question is, does this software save me time? So if you can't, if you can't make money, you can save time or save money uh, through a software. And these efficiencies are really common across the board on softwares. It's really the purpose of using software is to stay organized so that you can save time. Um, maybe it allows you to delegate to somebody else and that's gonna save you time. Um, but a good example of this is just using Google Drive in the cloud, right? Using Google Workspace, which is all of the Google tools like email, calendar, drive, uh, docs, sheets, slides, all those other things, it's going to save you time because you're not gonna have to dig for files. It's gonna be on the cloud. You're gonna be able to have shared access between all the people that you want to have access to the files rather than having to deal with servers and you know computers and then remote desktops, just be in the cloud. Uh, that's gonna save you a lot of time and money in that case. The next question that is really important to answer is does it scale well? A lot of times for contractors, they're marketed this unique, industry-specific software that doesn't really scale well for them. It doesn't expand across different uh, areas of the business. It's not able to handle bigger projects or larger teams. So just make sure that this the software that you're choosing scales well. A good question to or exercise to go through is, what does this look like in five years when we've reached our vision of becoming this kind of company? Will it be able to handle that much? And another question to ask is, does it? Do I like the price at scale? Because a lot of times these software companies will have tiers, and as you grow and become maybe an enterprise company uh, or on their enterprise package, maybe this, the the per user price that you get per month is so expensive, you don't want to be on that software down the line. So just be careful about the scale issues. Don't just think of, is it solving my problems now, but is it gonna solve my problems tomorrow? And is it gonna fit for our organization at that uh, time? The, nether, the next question that a lot of people don't really ask is, do other people use this software? If you go with that industry-specific software, are you gonna be able to find other people using this when you hire them? Are they gonna be familiar with that software? Or are you gonna to have to go through extensive training because it's such a specific and niche software that people aren't uh, equipped to use it, and now you're wasting time training this individual to be able to use that software? Um, the other thing is that if people aren't using the software and it's not very well known, the less likely it is to grow over time, which really gets into our next question is, is this software actively updated and improved? 
Typically, it's the bigger software companies that are going to be updating their product weekly and adding new features um, and improved updates over time. When you get into some of these niche companies, just so you know how this works, a lot of these niche softwares for, say, a roofing company or in the roofing industry, it's a roofing company that pays someone to develop this custom software for them. And then they say, oh, wow, this has worked really well for us. Let's go ahead and sell this software as well to other roofers. Well, the thing is, they're not, they outsource the development of that product typically, and they're not actively updating the features because it works for their business. They're not heavily invested in it working for other businesses. And so they end up getting this product that goes stale over time, and that's not going to improve much, and the user experience isn't going to be better, and it's not going to be fit to your roofing company, but to someone else's roofing company. And so that's just an example of why you may not want to use a software that not a lot of people are using and that's not actively updated or improved, because when you run into bugs, into problems, as you scale, it's not going to go well for your company if you're on that software. Last thing that I want to touch on is integrations. Does it integrate with my current tech stack and my future tech stack? Do I see a lot of integrations? Typically, when you go to one of these software's websites, you can find a page that says integrations, and it'll show you all the different tools that it integrates with. If you only see like five tools on there, that's kind of a red flag. You want to make sure that it integrates with several tools, and they're, they're continuing to add native integrations. A native integration is when you know, let's say HubSpot and QuickBooks say, hey, we've got a lot of customers that use both of our products. Let's create a native integration on the back end where people that are customers for both of us can actually integrate their data just seamlessly. That's a native integration. And you want to have that as much as possible inside of your tech stack. There's also something called third-party integrations. You may have heard of a company called Zapier. Uh, They do third-party integrations where they essentially act as a middleman and they see in the marketplace, oh wow, this software and this software could really work well together and there are a decent amount of customers that use both of those softwares. Let's go ahead and set up an integration on the back end that allows people to use us to integrate their two softwares. That's really useful. So if you can't find a native integration, check and see if there's a third-party integration. A really easy way to do that is just to look at a software and see if it integrates with Zapier. That's probably the easiest way to see if there's a third-party integration. So those are all the questions that I would ask before purchasing that that software. If you're also looking to get buy-in from your team, talk to them throughout this process of purchasing the software because they may have ideas. They may be familiar with softwares that you're not familiar with and see what their thoughts are. Explain to them the problem that you're having as a company with a different, a specific area of your business and why you're trying to implement software. What are your thoughts? What softwares do you think we should use? I'm looking at these three. Is there one that you like better? Let's maybe do a demo of all three of these. That's something that I would definitely look for when you're purchasing software. So we want to avoid that typical software experience that contractors have where they, have, they see this shiny object and they, they buy it because it's a good price and it fits for their situation right now, but then they don't have buy-in. They don't really have a vision for the product and it doesn't scale well and it doesn't integrate with the softwares that they already have and nobody on the team really understands why we're using it. And so it just gets placed on the shelf where we have a monthly fee because we signed a annual contract and then we wait and we go get another software. And we want to avoid that experience. You want software to work for you. You want it to add value to your business. You want it to 
have create organization inside of your company. You want it to be something that allows you to delegate to your team and systemize your processes inside of that software and ultimately become a more efficient company. Software is an incredible thing. I encourage you to use it. If you have any questions about your tech stack, about a specific software, how it will scale, if it's a good product for you, if it integrates, I'd be happy to help. Schedule a time with us. I'd be happy to sit down, ask questions about your business, learn about what softwares you're currently using, and see how I can help. But appreciate your time listening to Cashflow Contractor. I hope that this episode about software helps you find less stress, more time, and more money as a contractor. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.